Hello, my friends. Today, we're talking to Ji Yin, Associate Professor at North Carolina State University. And we discuss Ji's autonomous noodle-shaped robot, the blueprints of soft robotics, and the impact that this research could have on the world. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. I was checking out the video. It's like a piece of pasta that's twisting and moving and, and getting itself out of a maze. Yes. What, what is that? Oh, okay. So this is, a, we call it a new type of a soft robot. But this software, different from previous soft robot, this robot is autonomous. You see, it's going to be self-rolls, right? Without any other, say, without, without electricities, right? Like that. So if, uh, if you put this guy on the hot surfaces, and then you're going to be self-roll by, I mean, self-roll, right? You're going to roll by itself. Uh, and then, so the interesting thing here is uh, whenever it encounters uh, obstacles, and then it can change its uh, moving directions. So it has two ways to change that. So one is uh, you're going to circle around obstacles, and then the other one is going to be, we call it a snapback. So you're going to revert its uh, direction, the moving direction. So, for example, if you move forward, and then when it meets, uh, you know, it meets an obstacle, it's going to be moved backward autonomously without any human, you know, external human intervention or like computer controls. So there's no electronics inside of it? Yeah, no electronics inside it, definitely. Then how is that possible? What is this substance? <laughs> yeah, this is a very good question. So you see, this soft robot is made of, uh, we call it the smart materials. So this materials actually can respond to the heat, to the light. This material is called the LCE. It's a liquid crystal elastomer. So you see the computers while we're using the computer, the screen is a LCD, right? It's a liquid crystal display. But this material is kind of similar. It's called a liquid crystal elastomer. It's very soft. You know, it's uh, sometimes even softer than our skin. So the, the good thing about this, you know, this material, like what I just mentioned, right? So this material can respond to the heat. So for example, if we shine a light on this one, on this piece of materials, it's going to be shrink. So rather than expand, actually going to shrink. Or if you put this guy on the hot plate, you're going to start to shrink. So the size, depending on how high the temperature, it can shrink by half sometimes. So now if you make this guy, right, so become a twist, like what I just mentioned, the pasta, so it's like a routine, you know, you make a twist and then actually after you make a twist and then you can, you know, you can lock the shape into a twist shape. You know, in room temperature, it's like a pasta, right? So it's a twist shape. And now if you put on hot surfaces, you're going to start to untwist itself a little bit. And also you're going to be self-roll like what I just mentioned, you know. So the shape will not be a straight one. Now it's a little bit of slightly bended, you know, it's like an arc shape. You're going to bend it forward and then keep moving. Does it have awareness in the sense that you show it navigating a maze and it gets out? If you give it a different shaped maze, would it know which of the two mazes it's in? Yeah, that's a good question. Say, so actually, we have uh, tried a different types of maze in terms of you know, how complex. For example, the complex means... Uh, we can add uh, more channels, right, into the maze. I would say this is a, we call it a simple maze, but it's not really, it's definitely not like a real maze. 
So we compare two different mazes, and then we, we find that, you know, depends on which location you put on, right? I mean, the escaping time can be very different. You know, sometimes take 10 minutes, sometimes take two minutes, and sometimes it can take a half an hour to, to get it out, to find a way out. But, you know, but here's what I think, you know, for this one, right? So if this guy moved toward a wall, right, if it's motion blocked by a wall, and then he's going to be snapped, you know, snap back, you know, and then they change the direction. And then sometimes it could be bounced back and forth, but, uh, you know, and then it can change its directions. Okay, so always you can find its way out as long as there's an exit. So this is a this is a more like an iRobot. So the iRobot, right, so you have everything there. And then if you, if you, you know, encounter a wall, right, you're going to be, you're going to change, you know, you bounce back and then to, to go all the way. That is pretty cool. And so have you ever tried putting it in a circle, a maze it can't get out of? We haven't tried a more complex one, but I mean, unfortunately, actually, it cannot escape because, uh, you know, sometimes, like, like what I just mentioned, right, that's some, sometimes if you have some like a panel, you know, the walls, right, and then the, this guy just bumps back and forth between these two panel walls, and then it cannot get out. So so that's uh, actually, that's our, that's one of our future, you know, directions we're working on. Well, we want to build something like a self-turning capability because, you know, for this one, you cannot make a, you know, you cannot make a turn if without any obstacles, right? So that's, uh, you know, you know, whenever you make a turn, you just rely on the obstacle, the interaction between the soft robot and the walls. And what makes it a robot? Like, why that word? <laughs> yeah, you know, the first, right, the first look at this, uh, like, Ludo-like robot, okay, this is this really a robot? Yeah, it mean, depends on, right, so how you define the robot. So to me, robot is, uh, for example, soft robot, right? So first, it's made of soft materials, right? It's not hard materials. And then the second thing is, uh, you know, as long as it can do the actuation, you know, it can sensing, you know, sense the environment. Action means the actuation. So action means it can deform, it can bend, you know, it can, it can change its body shape, and then it can generate the motion, right? So sensing, actuation, and motion. And then we add one more thing. This is called is uh, decision making because if you put it in a confined space, the robots are trying to is trying to find its way out. So this is called a very low level of intelligence. So all we call this is a self decision making because you don't it does not require any external control or any human intervention inside. I think you know the definition of robot is gonna be. Nowadays, right, become very broad. Oh, yeah, I agree. I mean, I get to research all this amazing technology and it's always interesting because, I, I mean, when you see it, I agree with soft robot. And then I ask myself, well, then what's a robot? And like, how do you define robot? But I'm cool with the word, just so you know, I'm on your, I'm on your team. I think it's a soft robot. <laughs> why is it driven to get out? Like, why isn't it driven to dance? Well, you're asking excellent questions. So currently, actually, we are working on one piece of paper. It's called a dancing robot. So it's, it's really, it's like, a, you know, you can, you can flip it, you know, you can change its shape and to, to dance, but rather than go, you know, go out of a mazes, you know, like that. Okay, but you don't know, like, the fundamental reason of, like, why the noodle robot wants to escape. You just put the materials together and then that's what it did. That's just how it operates. Actually, it's a, it's a, yeah, I mean, that's a good question. So it's a long story. 
So now in the beginning, right? Actually, we find that this kind of snapping is a uh, it's kind of surprising because you know you know the snapping is more like a, you know villas flight trap, right? If you know the villas flight trap, mm-hmm. so the flight comes in, it's gonna be snap, right? To close its leaves, right? To catch the bugs like that, right? So this is I mean the snapping process is very short. It's only twenty or two hundred milliseconds. So this one is the same. So we have this twist one, right? We put on a, we put we just put on a hot plate. We find oh. This guy can self-roll, you know, he can self-roll. The reason is because that's a temperature gradient because on the bottom, it's getting heated, right? So that means the bottom part is going to be shrink, but on the top, is not a contact with any, you know, the heat source, right? The hot surfaces. And then you generate temperature gradient from bottom is high, top is no. In this case, you're going to drive a deformation so, so you can see it kind of bends like, uh, you know, like uh, like an arc, right? Bend like that. And then start to roll. See, it started to roll because the top one becomes hot. You know, the top one is cool one, cool on the top becomes hot. You know, the bottom one become you know, cool. Then it can self-rolls without a stopping. If you and I were to go into a lab and make one of these things, how would we do it? Oh, okay. We'll, we'll make these materials, right? So we have, uh, we should take uh, two steps. So step one is, uh, you know, you make your synthesize these materials, right? And then you just, uh, just curing like, uh, you know, gum-like materials, right? Now you, now you have, you start to stretch. Okay. You stretch it. And then now you, you twist it and then hold it. Okay. Stretch and twist, hold it. Because now it'll give you the twisted shape, right? Okay. Now hold it. And then now you're going to do a second step of curing. So that means you're going to have a, that this guy exposed the UV light. So the UV light can help to cure the materials to make this material become solid. And then after curing for some time, and then, then it's done. I mean, the shape is fixed. Now it's become a twist. That's pretty cool. And then how does this connect to like commercial application? Can you have buildings that assemble themselves? Or like what can you do with this like way off in the future? Yeah, that's uh, actually, I mean, when we're doing the research, right, we didn't think too much about, uh, you know, the commercial application like that. But scientifically, I think uh, that will be two, I think it's a twofold. So one is, uh, you know, if we can send this kind of uh, soft autonomous and intelligent robot to the harsh environment, right? Harsh environment means if that environment has extreme hot, extreme high temperature, for example, like a desert, right? So you know the global warming with the global warming. So the desert, the temperature, the surface, they call it the land surface temperature. It's going to change from uh, 52 to 52 degrees C to uh, 81 degrees C. That's the hottest one. So so that means, you know, in that way, people, you know, definitely will not send the people there, right? So you want robots to do some... Uh, Health, for example, like uh, environmental uh, monitoring, right, or other, you know, navigation like that. So then you you want find you want to find this kind of soft robot, right? So you see we have a swap. So this soft robot, you know, you can go there, and then you can integrate some. We call it a wireless sensor, right? Wireless sensor, you know, on that, and they can send some signal back. So in this case, so they can take the the first hand information. For example, the surface temperature. Or maybe, you know, some other, for example, terrains, whatever, you know, those kind of different things, you know, that's one, one applications. 
And so you said what's driving the motion is the temperature gradient. So it's going towards the warmth? Yeah. Okay, so it's survival. That's what it's going for. Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> it's cool how that's baked down even in the lowest level of our things that exhibit some sort of yeah. intelligence. Yeah. Yes, yes. You know, I forgot to mention another point, you know, for the potential application. I think this is very exciting, actually. So I was thinking about, uh, you know, the outer space, right? For example, the moon. If you check the temperature on moon, you know, the daytime temperature, it can go like uh, 120 degrees C. So for our soft robot, the working temperature, the working temperature means, you know, at this range, the soft robot is going to be self-rolls, right? So the working temperature is uh, between 52 to 180 degrees C. So you see on the moon, right? So the highest temperature around like 120 degrees C actually is, uh, is within the working temperature of our soft robot. So I was thinking, right? So if you throw this sky to the, you know, to the moons on the daytime, actually you're going to be, yeah, you're going to watch it to, to just self-rose and then to go all around. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Are all soft robots made out of the same base material? or So this, you know, for our software, yes, it's uh, it's made of these materials. But you know, for other researchers, right? So they are they are trying to explore new kind of uh, materials, software materials, or we call it software active materials. For example, you know the hydrogels or the magnetic, you know, ma- magnetic elastomers. For for example, you have a ferroparticles, right? You put some ferroparticles inside of the elastomers, right? And now now you know it become you can do the magnetization. Now it's become you can, you know, use magnetic field, right, to drive the motions like that. So these are all different types of, uh, you know, the software materials that are, that are widely, you know, used in the software bias community. That is so cool. And then you, you work on a couple projects, something that might have a potential for water collection. Can you explain what that is? Oh, okay. So, yeah, the, the water collection is actually, it's a, it's a full of harvesting. So that's uh, related to the surface, you know, the, the wetting behavior of the surface, right? So for example, the, the lotus leaf, right? You know, the lotus leaf is uh, it's like a repel waters, right? So this is a kind of a harvesting the fog or dews, you know, in the air and then to turn into water. And then are any of these robots programmable in the traditional sense? Like a, a robot that might be able to do three or four things, but I tell it to do this one specific thing. Oh, okay. So I mentioned it's a kind of multitask. For this one, I mean, so far, we actually we do not integrate any functionality into this soft robot. So the functionality means uh, we do not integrate any sensors. Right, so those kind of uh, flexible sensors, those you know, those kind of meet small size sensors on, on on it. For example, you can have a temperature sensor, you can have a moisture sensor, you can have like uh, you know those kind of gas, you know those kind of sensors, right? There's a lot of you know types of sensors. Depends on what kind of reaction you want to you want to do. So my point is, you know, this is more like a vehicle, right? So it's kind of autonomous, intelligent vehicle. On this vehicle, you can you can have a lot of passengers, right? For example, all these sensors, like a passenger, you can have uh, different sensors put on, you know, integrated together. And definitely should be in a wireless way, and then and then they can send a signal back like that. Yeah, and then after that, you're gonna become multitask and also multifunctional. 
is there smart materials that move in ways other than towards the warmth of a temperature gradient? You know, this is a good question. You know, these ideas may work for other software materials as long as, you know, it can, in response to heat, right? As long as it can either be shrink or either can either be, either be expand to some extent. I want to share my screen if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Okay. This is, I don't know how to say the word. It starts with a K. Uh, but it's, it's a, a kirigami. <laughs> kirigami. Okay. It's like an origami. Origami, you know, origami, right? Yes. Yes. So kirigami is, uh, you know, ori means the fold. Kiri means the cut. I like that. <laughs> Very cool. So what is this thing doing? So this is a piece of, uh, I mean, a lot of piece of our work. So we call it uh, long destructive grippers. So, but you can think about right? if now if you are trying to grab an egg, the grippers, you know, you want to grasp a, an egg. That's how the soft the grippers can do, right? Because soft grippers can apply a small force and then we don't damage that one, right? So actually for this work, we, we're trying to challenge ourselves, say, how about I remove the shell? I just, you know, just, uh, we call it the raw egg. So the raw egg is like a fluid, right? It's, a, it's even softer than tofu, you know? It's how, how can you, how you can grasp a raw egg without damaging it? So that's the motivation. So now we're trying to think, well, okay, definitely we cannot pinch it. So we're using a way just like a, like a both hands that to encapsulate, you know, it's like encapsulate that and then to go from the bottom to pick up. So this scraper is made of, uh, I mean, you can make it from paper or made of other, you know, plastic sheets. And then now I can start to grasp a raw egg. Yeah, without damage because it's not a pinching the egg. Yeah. When I see all the different videos on your page, this one stands out to me as the one that looks like it has the most commercial potential because it seems like we would have a need for, for doing that. But of all of these things, which do you think will ultimately change the world the most? Well, this is a, this is a very big question. <laughs> so I think, you know, the Kigami Gripper, it may change the way we manipulate those kind of uh, extreme fragile object, you know, fluidic-like object. So Yeah, that, that looks really cool. I think that yeah. one will, will be really big. And then how do you get paid to do this? Like, how do you get paid to do this research and hang out and find out these cool discoveries? Yeah, definitely. I need to thank the funding support from the NSF, the National Science Foundation. Because, uh, you know, we, we have found some interesting studies, right? And then we're going to apply for the, this uh, grant and to support our research. Very cool. Very cool. And then you went, you did your postdoc at MIT. What did you study there? Soft robots? No, actually, no. Say, I get my PhD in 2010 at the Columbia University. So it's uh, doing some mechanics things. And okay. after that, like what I mentioned, right? So I went to MIT did my postdoc there. So it has nothing to do with soft robot. And then I began my independent career, right, as a faculty, as a researcher at the Temple University in Philadelphia. So in since 2013, because now I'm independent, right? I have my own group, I have my own students, I'm trying to do some uh, exciting things. 
And then I found that, you know, I found that soft robot actually is a very interesting topic because this topic is new. It's not like a rigid robot has been worked on like, uh, say, like uh, 50 or 100 years, right? But a soft robot it has a very, it's a very young age. So it's uh, about, I mean, the history of soft robot maybe only like 20, 20 years. So that means, um, you know, the new things will have a lot of potential opportunities to, you know, to grow and to make it become more impactful to the society. Because, you know, if you see for the commercial products, right? So if you see them on the market, it's not that many, you know, products, right? Related to soft robot. But you see definitely there's a lot of rigid robots, all this kind of stuff, right? But uh, for the soft robots, really, we, we didn't see too many commercial products. So maybe that's the ways, you know, the, the soft robotics community also want to, you know, to work hard, work hard, you know, to commercialize, you know, some, you know, some things, because I think a soft robot is more like a complementary, you know, to the rigid robots. That is so cool. I'm so glad that people like you exist because, you know, you're very smart. You're studying these things. I've gotten to talk with people in some of the our greatest discoveries came from people just exploring and, and searching. And then, you know, you get the researchers and the scientists, and then you have the business people that can come along and we all sort of work together. And so I'm kind of split. I'm kind of like 50-50, but I really enjoy when I get to meet people like you who, who are really brilliant at what you do and can help explain these things to me because I'm, I'm a curious mind and a lot of other people are too. And I, I'm excited to see what happens with soft robots. And as it progresses, let us know. Like as new things come about, like reach out to us and say, hey, some new stuff happened with the soft robots and they're conscious now and they're taking over the world. So lock your door. Or- yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely, yes. Also, yeah, I want to thank you guys, you know, for the, to bridge the science or the scientist with the audience, right? So because they, maybe the audience, they are not all, all of them are doing research, but, you know, they feel this is fun. I think, you know, if they feel this is fun, and okay, maybe some some of them, they think maybe in the future, they want to also do some science, science scientific research, or even, you know, in this uh, soft robotics area, that'd be great because uh, we do need a new blood, you know, the new generations, the future generations, you know, to get involved in this field and then to move forward and then to make a really huge impact to the society like that. Yeah, that's cool. Someone out there is going to find some amazing way to change the world with this technology. (laughs) Yeah, yes, yes. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this episode useful, please share it with a friend or a colleague who you think would get value from it. And if you have topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the podcast, either add me on LinkedIn or send me an email, joel at moderncto.io. Every time I get an email or LinkedIn message, it absolutely makes my day and inspires me to keep going.